little nerds and nerdettes. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages. We're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. Never apologize for being nerdy. All things geek are up for grabs. Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Alrighty then. <laughs> Three years doing the show and you don't remember my name. No. Welcome, nerds and nerdettes, to another episode of the United Nations podcast, Nostalgia Wars episode. Um, I'm your host and ambassador for the Great White North of Canada, Melissa Nicholson. And with me, as always, is our ambassador for the Midwest United States, Jared Boots. How are you, Jared? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me back on. Oh, wait, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> oh, thank you for hosting another episode, Melissa. I'm doing good. <laughs> of course, I'm taking shots at you again for you making me call myself a host and not a co-host anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's lovely to be here at my own show, Melissa. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it seems today we actually found something that you watched as a kid, but I didn't. Yes. It was something I I can't believe I didn't think of first when we first came up with this idea of doing a Nostalgia Wars sort of thing. And looking back at childhood and that and and I remember that, yeah, um, Space Goofs, which is a 90s show, was something that I watched as a kid quite a lot. Um, and it was something that I really, really enjoyed. And so I thought, you know what, let's, I thought, you know, I'll ask you if you had seen it or heard of it. And you had said it was it was familiar to you, but it wasn't something that you had watched yeah, I did some research after we so Melissa picked one episode in particular that we're going to talk about here. And um, when I saw the air date of this episode in particular, it was 1998, so I was probably just 13 going on 14 mm. when this came out. So I'm trying to think about what I was really watching cartoon-wise at that time in my life. But um. Yeah, but I, I had the vaguest memory that this was, I saw this promoted somewhere, and I did some research, and it said that down in the States here, it was on Fox. So I might not have watched it, but I do remember it being advertised, at least. I might Maybe my neighbor kids watched it, because, um, excuse me, um, we would always talk about different kind of cartoons, or they would always have some kind of different cartoons on at their house when we went over there, and they were only two doors away from us. Oh, that was even relevant to the story. But, uh, um, yeah, so it's something I probably subconsciously forgot that I've seen. So it did seem familiar. And even sitting there watching it today, it were, and I'm sure we'll get into more of this later, it did remind me of things that I would have liked at that time in my life or the cartoons I'd watch either later or earlier in my life. Hmm. So... 
uh, the the episode that that I picked because I mean there were so many <laughs> and it only lasted you know the two seasons but in those seasons at least for season one from when I looked it up it was like 52 episodes in one season but a lot of these episodes were at least 10 minutes long 10 11 minutes so it really wasn't that long of a thing it's not like it was you know 25 minutes or anything like that so um but anyway the episode that I chose and it's one of my I mean I have a lot of favorite episodes but this one in particular is a, is a special favorite of mine um and it's called Flashman versus Zork <laughs> and it's basically um the this another tenant shows up at the the space group at the house and oh it's you know all well and good and he moves in and they find out he's this guy he's a superhero and so um it's basically them trying to get get him out of as it kind of is the premise of the show where it's basically it's these the five little aliens who are stuck in the house and they're anytime a new tenant comes in they tr- find ways to get them out of there and because they're always kind of a, a lot of the times the tenant's causing some kind of trouble or something that they don't like or whatever or they just generally don't like to have somebody living in the same house so they try to get them out so yeah a lot of um you know obviously shenanigans ensue and so yeah with this one but uh, focus isn't on me, it's on you, Jared. So what were your general thoughts on seeing the episode? I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm glad you picked this episode because it has one of my favorite voice actors of all time in it, Billy West. Yes. Um, upon initial viewing, the show did seem familiar upon what viewing of this episode today. Um, it reminds me a lot of, like, early John K running Stimpy or even more of that time, like eek the cat that was on Fox at the time or the tick, or even kind of remind me of some cartoon networks that face to watch like Johnny Bravo or, uh, courage, the cowardly dog, or, um, got a lot of vibes from cow and chicken too. If you ever watched any of those shows, you bet I did. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I got that. I got a lot of those vibes from watching this. So it seems like maybe something I would have watched at, at this age of my life. So I don't know how much cart, how many cartoons I was watching because this was just before Family Guy came out, so I wasn't necessarily watching that. But I was probably still like big in The Simpsons and South Park at that time. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this episode. It was really fun, and it it was uh, like a warm hug. Uh, getting to hear some of those familiar voices again from my childhood, like oh, obviously Maurice LaMarche um, right off the bat, uh, Billy West, I picked him out right away. And then another voice I picked out was uh, Charlie Adler. Uh, she was the voice of Candy. Mm-hmm. And I picked him out right away. Go, oh, that's the voice of the hippo lady from Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, a lot of those voices were familiar. I can't remember all their names off the top of my head, um, but a lot of the voices were familiar to me, so that was a nice warm hug right off the bat. But I think what I loved most about this, um, first and foremost, was Billy West as Flashman, because mm-hmm. he's essentially doing his Phil Hartman impression, his Zap Brannigan voice. 
for <laughs> a Flash fan. <laughs> I think what made it so much more funnier is uh, as you if you've been following along on my Instagram and uh, social media feeds, I've been working on a play here recently. Well, at the time of this recording, it, I'm still in the middle of it, but um, there's a gal on the uh, in the cast that's going to be wearing a velour tracksuit, and it just made me think of Zach Brannigan. Kiff, come feel my suit. It's made of real velour. <laughs> so just every time Billy West had a line on this says Flash, man, just hearing that Zat Brannigan style uh, lingo just made me smile. <laughs> <laughs> I adore Billy West. I'm a huge fan of voice actors. I think Billy West has to be my favorite because he can do so much. Like if you look at the episodes of Futurama, he's essentially having conversations with himself. And I think I know he's also the voice of the landlord in this one too. Yeah. Which that I think that's how I was able to pick him out right away. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a fun pick, and like. It doesn't sound like the aliens get featured as much in this one, though. It seems like they're more background characters. Yeah, for sure. Um, in in other episodes, they're definitely more featured. But yeah, this one, um, yeah, this one they're not so much. But obviously they are there. But they're not. They're they're very much the background characters. While you have the main sort of superhero characters going at it and and doing their thing. While you know they have the other characters kind of coming in and and you know guiding things but yeah they're they're they are kind of in the background for on this one but yeah and i i think one of my favorite moments too all from this has to be uh what's what's the name of the blue alien um gorgeous yes yeah i liked his little supervillain thing i love that comeback line where he's i'm gonna kick your hiney so hard it doesn't zip your pants to brush your teeth yes <laughs> I, I throw that right up there with some of my favorite threatening lines, like for major pain, I will shove my foot so far up your ass, the water on my knee will quench your thirst. <laughs> or from Tank Girl, I'm gonna hit you so hard, your grand, your I'm gonna hit you so hard, your children will be born bruised. Oh, Jesus! Like I think I I think I throw the it does unzip your pants to brush your teeth right up there. <laughs> And looking at the time this came out in 1998, that was probably one of the last couple of years you could get away with putting something like this, putting something like that in a children's cartoon. Oh, for sure. But that was the thing that stood out a lot. I really love that line. And when I rewatched the episode again, because it was only 10 minutes long, I rewatched it again in case I missed anything. And <laughs> they, they got a chuckle at me both times. Was that get the unzip your pants to brush your teeth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that one. I mean, as a kid, it it made me laugh. Like, it just and and even now, it just it gets me every time. It's just it's such a good funny line. Um. So what was um kind of your your you got kind of your general thoughts of it? Uh, a favorite moment or moments. <clears throat> Uh, besides the kick your hiney so hard yeah. line, yeah. um, hmm. I did like the conclusion for Flashman and Zorg that they're the easiest thing for them to do to clean the house was to go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another random moment 
uh, watching the kids in the bus at the beginning of the episode, watching the animation style of those kids. It reminded me of some of the experimental animation you see maybe on an old MTV Liquid TV segment or very similar to the Rob Zombie's art-directed scene from Beavis and Butthead to America. Mm-hmm. It's a very trippy style of animation. That's what those kids reminded me of. That's probably kind of the animation. I That's probably kind of the drawing style I had back then, that time period. Um, so I did kind of appreciate that. Um I love the tropes that some of those superheroes are so stupid that they fall for the the beach toy being the actual villain himself. Vladrax the vermin. Yeah. What, <laughs> what about what blow up buddy? What about XX the? Yeah. Bad laxative the who? Bad laxative the who? Vladrax the vermin. I really did like that alien too. Was it Bub? I like Bud. Bud, yeah, Bud just being a huge fan of this. So <laughs> the fact that superheroes exist in this universe and that they they are merchandised as well. Yeah. Kind of ahead yeah. of ahead of its time. Sure. They kind of had a lot of that in this show too, where it it sort of you know he had like these characters or whatever, and it yeah they they had like you know the merchandising or the whatever in it, and especially in this one. You know, he's got, you know, Ladrax, the vermin blow up buddy after spending 16 years of collecting uh, box tots. <laughs> but, which, uh, which yeah. I think kids today would be lost on that aspect, having the same, having to save cereal box tops and everything. Because kids, back before the Internet, we actually had to cut off box tops and mail away for stuff. And it took forever to get. <laughs> yeah. Before Amazon, it would take months to get something you mailed away for. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> but uh, very patient. Uh, how many box ups did that cost him? <laughs> he had to save for 16 years. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's kind of a character who's like that. Like, he's, he's a pretty chill sort of character and but he's also kind of out of the group he's kind of the nerdy one because obviously he's you know he's into the superheroes and stuff and he had, you know he knows who flash man is you know he arrives before he even left he is the coolest you know <laughs> he arrives before he even left <laughs> <laughs> that's really good <laughs> I was able to pick out that voice actor's that that voice actor's voice right away too. So I heard him in a bunch of things. So I love that they, at least for the American dub of this, they went uh, specific, specifically with voice actors and not like well-known actors and actresses. You know. Mm. Yeah. Now my other cat is making her opinion known. <laughs> Wouldn't be an episode without you, babe. Yeah, for sure. Tell us what you think about Space Goose. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so, was this something you'd watch regularly every day after school up there? Uh, pretty much, yeah. It was part of my sort of regular rotation of, of shows. Um. 
I even, you know, got to the point of where I would record it. That no, the kids aren't going to understand this part. <laughs> Recording it on VHS, and then, and then like watching it, uh, like after because I had like episodes and stuff, and then eventually, I got it onto transferred. My, my dad transferred it from VHS to DVD, so I had like a whole bunch of episodes on a, on a burnt DVD. And, um, but yeah, basically it was part of my, my sort of, I think it was on, I don't know if it was on every day or if it was like, like a Thursday, Friday kind of thing or something like that sort of end of the week, uh, sort of thing. Oh, no, I got a kitty visitor anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't press any buttons, kitty. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was basically a regular watch for me, along with, you know, a whole bunch of other shows that I would watch on the regular. Um, cause for me, my TV watching was, um, it was Arthur, Art Attack, uh, Zaboomafu, and then, uh, Space Goofs. So, yeah. I mean, who would have thought all these years later that Arthur would still be on the air? Right. Well, actually, which I, which I think I think it's coming to an end now. But yeah, after after, after seventy five years of being on the air. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was that was basically yeah my my sort of after school uh, watch. Hmm? Next, when I think of back then, my after school routine was probably usually Batman the animated series or. The numerous Nicktoons like Rocco's Modern Life, which is my favorite cartoon of all time, mm-hmm. or you're running Stimpy, your Doug, Rugrats before I outgrew that one. With it being shown on Fox, I probably remember it being advertised watching Fox cartoons like Life with Louie or Batman or X-Men or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like at this time for me, like for TV, it was TVO Kids, TV Ontario kids and then um and then we had uh one other one other channel and then that was basically it like it was i mean the other channel was sort of sketchy anyway because we got through antenna and so yeah like for the longest time like i didn't have cable tv at all so basically my most watched channel was was basically uh tvo and that's where i saw you know all my shows and stuff and so yeah um but uh yeah (laughs) short and sweet How often in the time since you watched this? Did you watch it in its original run, or was it in reruns by then? Probably by the time I watched it, it was probably in reruns. Um, maybe I'm not even I'm not exactly sure. Um, because it was just something that would would come on, so I don't know if if it was something that was still sort of new then too, but. Um, it might have, well, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it was probably, probably safe to say it was in reruns by the time, 
um, I got around to watching it. Because the animation style very much reminded me of um, Nicktoon style also. But this is definitely a good find. Um, I quite enjoyed it. It made me feel like a kid again sitting there watching. It made me want to go grab a bowl of cereal, sit there and watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured it would be something. And you know, when I thought of this one, I, I figured it would be something you would definitely enjoy. And definitely, it's it like you had mentioned at the beginning, like you know the reminds you of um you know like Ren and Stimpy, Johnny Bravo, like those things. Like I watch those as well. Like I watch like Ren and Stimpy and Johnny Bravo and all that too. And um uh so because we well we did have um I think we did have cable for a little bit. So I did get to see you know some of those other shows too. But um but yeah it's it's definitely I would it was definitely something I thought would definitely be be right up your alley and and I figured like with the, the superheroes and stuff that you know you'd especially enjoy that as well so well now I want to see like a dark version of Flashman versus Zorg <laughs> He's not going to sound like Zad Brandon it's going to be all deep and dark <laughs> Zorg's going to look more like uh Doomsday or either Doomsday or uh, Dark Side. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been gone for uh, 10,000 years and you're seeing another bad guy. <laughs> but I, I like that aspect too. I had no idea they were supposed to be brothers either because I don't remember them saying they were brothers at all. Mm. No. According to the wikipedia article i did yeah they're brothers <laughs> i mean i think you kind of get that at the end of it obviously when the when uh, mrs hero their mom shows up i was like okay but at first it, it doesn't really you know say that or, or make it like kind of an open thing where yeah they're brothers and they they you know they know you know that they know each other but you don't realize that oh they are you know until sort of the end where you can figure it out that oh this is yeah. Time for the union coffee break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where were we? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the detail of a uh, Flashman having pit stains when <laughs> he's already throw the dresser on Zorg right before the coffee break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love how how Zork like he's just chilling on the floor, just yeah, whatever. And then oh, he's back into it again. <laughs> Man, you got my new suit dirty. <laughs> and I love too when when Candy shows up and and as their superhero, the hyper developed Brain Man, <laughs> he says like a human shield. <laughs> Which, uh, I was kind of half expecting the rest of them to show up as random characters too to, stand, to step in, but yeah. And this is something that you'll you would see. You don't see it in in uh, this particular episode, but 
in other episodes when they're trying to when they're like they're interacting with the the tenants and stuff they've got a uh, a device that kind of looks like your your like hair salon hair dryer you know like the, that's the exact <laughs> same thing i was thinking <laughs> it's, and it's uh where they it's the smtv and they they basically they can use it to transform into whatever they can you know transform into and so that's how you know candy turns into the the hyperdeveloped brain man and uh they they use it quite a lot throughout the the series when you know they're they're interacting with you know the other characters and stuff like that so I was thinking of that too when I was watching uh, Gorgeous in the Machine. Yeah. Um, I want I want to see some adventures of this uh, hot babe looking mummy character. Apparently, yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, looks like she's wrapped up in the fruity yummy. Look at if, if you don't know who fruity yummy mummy is, look up fruity yummy mummy on the internet. It's one of the other monster cereals from back in the 70s and 80s or had different colored wraps like that like i kind of want to see i want to see some adventures of this character <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of a, that that one's usually a consistent one like for the different characters that it was sort of like poof into and that would sort of be like second last one or the last one whatever before they finally transform into the person that they, they want to turn into. I I do like the, the show has a lot of the, you can tell this show is obviously a callback to a lot of cart, great cartoons at that time, or was a tribute to like those Nicktoons, like those Cartoon Network shows that are about that same time in the humor very much too. Uh, who's the purple alien that says the show's almost over and I haven't done anything yet? That's, that would be Etno. Etno, yeah, I like the that comment, the, sh- the little fourth wall breaking. The show's almost over and I haven't done anything yet. Yeah. They, they do that. That kind of happens in a, in a few other episodes too. They they have that fourth wall break. Um, especially there was one. Oh, I can't remember which episode it was, but. There was one with Etno, and he, you know, he basically told kid, you know, listen here, kids, don't try this at home, <laughs> and then go into whatever he's gonna do. <laughs> oh, like a lot of kids my age, I watched the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon as a kid, the original run. Yeah. And they'd have a lot of moments where they'd talk to the camera too at that. And that's what it kind of reminded me of. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very much like I, I think it's it is very much a tribute to those other cartoons and things, especially when I look at it now. Um, at the time, I didn't really think about it, um, but now I'm looking. It's very much that, like, kind of taking that inspiration from, you know, various other cartoons and and making it into its own. And um, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I this show was so good. It was. It was definitely one you didn't have to. Um, I mean, when I started watching it, I don't think I. I, I saw the f- very first episode, and then I think I kind of saw kind of scattered episodes here and there. But it wasn't really in a, a show that you needed to watch from like episode one onwards to kind of know what's going on because they weren't really 
all sort of connected. They were kind of their own stories. So. I get that sense out of it. It's a, it's a fun watch. And it, it for someone in my age or especially your age, because you're more nostalgic of it than I am, it's. Like I'll I'll sit and watch a lot of my old favorite cartoons all the time. Like we just did episodes on the critic. Um Dari is another one I'll sit and throw on every now and then. I won't take a trip down memory lane. Same with Rocco's Modern Life. Mm-hmm. Stuff I'll throw on and to feel warm and fuzzy inside. For sure. And like it had for me, it had been a really long time since I had watched uh watched Space Goofs and it was surprising to me that I still you know, very much remembered a lot of this. Like this, this episode in particular, I can basically, you know, talk about like beat for beat because I just I know it so well. And it was kind of the one that I always watched the most often. Like I, I kind of had my list of episodes that I watched the most. And but yeah, this one I just, you know, kind of you know know the lines, know what happens. And but you know, even after this, you know. Because I can't remember the last time I did watch it, but that I still remembered it. And it just, you know, I definitely felt like a kid again, like sitting in front of the TV and just, you know, watching the show. And, you know, so, yeah. Like I said, I kind of want to pour, pour myself a bowl of my Monster Mash cereal and just sit and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, would this be something that you would like continue to watch, like if you wanted to see other episodes? Because there, there, there are a whole bunch actually on yeah. YouTube. Like you said, I, I don't think it's something that you need to watch from beginning to end. Mm. I think this would be some. I hope this doesn't come off as an insult. I think this would be something I would throw on as background noise. I think because, yeah. like, for example, like when I've Sometimes I like to throw a show on while I'm drawing or something. Like I'll go to YouTube and throw something on, or I'll throw uh, one show I'm known for throwing on in the background when I'm doing stuff with Futurama because I know it so well. Yeah. But I think um, this would be a show I'd like if I want to get some drawing done or something or some writing done or whatever. I would throw this on the background and maybe glance over now and then at the screen. But yeah. again, not. The, yeah, this is something I'd watch again, but. Is, is this something I'm going to go out of my way to watch purposely? Like, no, but I, I think I throw it on as like a background noise or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, for sure. And it's definitely, I mean, for me too, like having seen, you know, the show and whatever, it's definitely one of those ones you can, you can be doing something and still know what's going on just by like listening to it. So... It, it gives you, it's also like a, a call back to when cartoons were good. So you want to say the late 90s are probably when cartoons really started to change and be more, uh, I don't know, rainbows and unicorns, you know? Yeah, very much so. Where, you know, you, you have that, you know, the, the in these cartoons, like you have that, that humor that, you know, you, you, sometimes you only you almost have to be a certain age to get the joke or to get the line, you know, where at the time maybe you, you, you kind of find it funny, but you don't fully get what you're getting at, you know. Like and, you'd laugh at you'd laugh at the joke because your parents were laughing or something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah, I remember watching an episode of Life with Louie and uh, them putting up 
this gal's Christmas lights. This old woman, this old woman's across the street. They put up uh, her dad. His dad put up her Christmas lights for her, and they never wonder. They always realize well, how come she never had Christmas lights up. And the, as they're panning out the end of the episode, now we realize why she never had Christmas lights up. She was Jewish. <laughs> and I just remember my dad laughing his ass off when we're watching that for the first time on TV. So it's that kind of thing where you, like you don't get the humor right away when you're a kid, but like if your parents are laughing at it, well, it must be funny. So I want to say like towards the end of the nineties is when the, the humor and cartoons stopped really toting the line and you had that hard division of, okay, this stuff is geared more towards kids. This is geared more towards adult or more adults and older kids. So this is probably mm-hmm. one of those last years where it could really tote that line of like, well, should we be saying this stuff for little kids or? Eh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, for I feel like for the most part, though, this, um, th- this show is fairly, I, I would say, like, it's definitely, like, your, your family sort of friendly show. Like, it, it wasn't something that was ever, you know, raunchy or anything like that. Like, it never had that, it had, it had that humor of, like, you know, towing that line, but you know, it was never sort of. It was. It was very much of its time. There's a lot of cartoons in the in the nineties and eighties that were like that. That where they were the, the comedy or the humor, the tone had a little more edge to it. Mm-hmm. A little more uh, thought provoking, I would say, for lack of a better term. Like it was. A, a little bit more smarter, I guess. The humor yeah. was a lot more smarter, and they weren't afraid to push limits to what they could show in a cartoon as they are to now. Yeah, like, especially now it's yeah, they're they're so cautious of what they can do and and well, you know they can't do right. Like there's there's so many modern examples. Like I can't think of many modern examples that. Or like this, or like a call back to 80s and 90s, except maybe the first one that pops in my head is the Cuphead show on Netflix. Yeah. Um, it's a Y7 rating down here in the states, but it still kind of totes that line. Like maybe yeah, kids, maybe kids younger than seven shouldn't get this, but are kids like seven to ten gonna get the kind of humor and stuff that they're pushing for? Hmm. Yeah. Maybe not. You know, it's not. Yeah, it's a yeah. cartoon, but it's not something that you know that age group would. Yeah. Get it's it. it's not. It's not like Big Mouth or F is for Family or Chicago Party, where this is this is straight up for adults. Um, but it's that stuff where it has the kid, and it's of course the Cuphead show is geared more towards uh, paying homage to like the 30s and 40s cartoons and 50s cartoons, but mm-hmm. um much like the game it's named after. Um, but that's like one of the few modern examples I can think of where a, to throw back to like an 80s or 90s cartoon where it just kind of totes that line. Like, is this good for young kids? Like, are they going to get the humor? Are we taking it a little too far? But it'd be nice to go back to that time when people just didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, you know it, what? It's funny, you know? Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. It would it would be nice, but it you know it's also nice that you know we it's we have that nostalgia for that that time period of of things, and we have the cartoons that had that. So you know we we still have that, and we can still watch it. So you know at least that's something, right? And even though I didn't really watch this as a kid, it as soon as I hit play on that, it transport me back to like i was a kid again like watching cartoons so it gave me very much a nostalgic vibe of watching for example batman the animated series after school in elementary school mm-hmm. yeah uh i i'd sent you the um a separate link for the the intro to the show because what i found it didn't have the. It just goes basically straight into the show. So, what did, you, what did you think of the intro to the show? And did the song become an earworm for you? <laughs> Not necessarily an earworm, but I love, 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 love that it's Iggy Pop. Right. <laughs> and that's this is like about the time because. About this time, you also had Les Claypool from Primus doing the South Park theme song. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's, I love, first of all, I love the fact that it's Iggy Pop. But I love how random that it's Iggy Pop as well, too, for a children's cartoon doing a theme song. Right. It's it's safe to say that uh, from watching this show, it was my first introduction to Iggy Pop. <laughs> And then you, then you, I can imagine a little five, six year old Melissa looking up Iggy Pop on the internet and cutting himself on stage with bottles and all this other shit that he would do. <laughs> this is the guy that does the Space Goof song. Because <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite songs by Iggy Pop and the Stooges is My Idea of Fun. <laughs> yeah. But I I I love that this whatever studio I can't remember which studio did this, but the fact that they would reach out to Iggy Pop to do the theme song for him is so great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, about this time you also had uh well actually before this time you had Danny Elfman. So I'd, I'd say Danny Elfman kind of paved the way for uh, famous musicians doing theme songs for uh for shows. And then, like I said, you got Les Claypool did Primus, or Les Claypool from Primus did South Park, and he later on do Robot Chickens um, theme. But uh, yeah, the fact that when that little thing popped up, the theme song by Iggy Pop, I just started laughing uncontrollably. Like that's great. <laughs> and I do love that creepy. I love that little shot with the open intro ends on with them staring at the the house and the little, little horror film esque shot of like the thunderstorm with them looking at the house that was pretty neat because mm. i was i was searching the i was scamming the uh credits for names i would recognize and i didn't recognize a single name until i got to iggy pop I was like yes <laughs> i had a feeling you would really love that <laughs> yeah that, that was bonus points to that yeah I, I didn't want to say anything about it. I just, you know what? Oh, I gotta send you this because you need to 
to see. I didn't even tell you that you needed to see it. It was just here's the intro because it wasn't in the thing. So here you go, watch that, and then you know. So. <laughs> I could be like, oh, you. I should have texted you. Oh, you, oh, you bitch! You didn't tell me Iggy Pop did the theme song. I was waiting for that, dude. <laughs> I was totally waiting for that. <laughs> that that was it was definitely a pleasant surprise. Like this is like oh that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and like years later, you flash where you got Bowling for Soup doing the theme song for uh, Finney's and Ferb. So like I love how that tradition keeps on going. You get these random pop stars and rock stars and punk stars in Iggy Pop's case doing uh theme songs for kids cartoons back in the nineties, man. Yeah. <laughs> so what's about that time I think he was doing the Crow Two City of Angels. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that's, that's I did love it. That was so I give I give if uh, Chris Hardwick's show at midnight was still on, I'd say points to uh, <laughs> to the Space Goose for having Iggy Pop do the theme song. That was that was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the best, and I remember, like for me as a kid, I mean, I, I watched it, you know, watching it all the time. It that theme song was definitely an earworm. Like it was something that just, you know, f- randomly start singing or come pop into your head and you hear it in your head or or whatever and and i mean even now like i still you know remember the theme song like it's it's permanently engraved in my head now (laughs) oh i got i got lots of stuff like that cart i got commercial jingles cartoon theme songs like we're on the while we're on the subject of random pop stars doing theme songs my favorite cartoon of all time rocco's modern life theme song by the B-52s. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I can't... I can't think of any other ones that... Like, of cartoons or things that I watched that had... Like, bands or... You know, famous singers doing theme songs for it. Other than, obviously... You know, what we're talking about, space groups. I don't think the band is quite well known, but Splendora did the theme song for Daria. Mm-hmm. Um, so I play that song all the time. That, that's an earworm of a theme song. If you haven't heard that one, <laughs> I I haven't. I don't even know what Daria is. Oh, it was a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead in the late '90s, early 2000s. It's it's I I love it. I watch it all the time. It's a good show. It's it's. It's geared more for like teenagers, college age kids at the time. Very Gen Xy. Yeah. I think I think you I think you'd relate a lot to Daria. I think. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you could find it, I'd highly recommend it. But. Okay. Um, I was gonna say I have to check that out now. So. Yeah, I. I really enjoyed this 10 minutes of uh, nostalgia I viewed today. Really? I'm glad. I, it makes me really happy that you didn't enjoy it. I I had a feeling that you, you would, but it was also that I wasn't sure. 
but uh, to to what extent? Hmm? Essentially, to what extent I would enjoy it? Yeah, like I, I thought, it would, you know, I, I it was yeah exactly what you said to the extent that that, that you would enjoy it. So I'm really really glad to hear that you you enjoy really enjoyed this episode and um and that you you absolutely love the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't remember all the words, but I always remember that it was by Iggy Pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew you. I had a huge feeling that you would absolutely love that, but I just didn't want to say anything because it would just kind of it would kind of ruin the surprise of it. So. <laughs> does he? I know it's just a different intro for season two. Does he still do the theme song for season two? Ah. Uh... That I'm not 100% sure on. So I noticed there's a different intro on there, too, for season two, or at least different animation, it looks like, for season two, but I didn't get into it. But, um, yeah, I I quite enjoyed that. It was, it was a fun time. Like, hearing Billy West do his Zap Brannigan, well, it's essentially his Phil Hartman impression. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing him do his Zap Brannigan for, for Flash, man, was a, a blast. And then, so many recognizable voices and it of course it being superheroes too and i i would say he popped in the theme song was the cherry on top of that at this nostalgia sunday <laughs> well that, that makes me really happy <laughs> yeah it, it makes me really really happy that you really enjoyed that because yeah this was a show that that i absolutely loved and adored and and you know i i would I went even so far as like to drawing the characters all the time. Like there, I feel like there wasn't really a moment when I wasn't drawing, you know, Space Goose character or, you know, I, I actually have a picture of a like chalk drawing character, chalk drawing I did of um, Candy and, and Gorgeous and a kind of, a, I guess, an attempt at, at no, but it kind of slightly failed. <laughs> I'll have to uh, uh, share that with you after, but <laughs> but yeah, I was I was always drawing these characters, and you know the the one that was really hard to draw, I always found was Etno, and I kept drawing him so I could finally get to the point of yes, I can finally draw him because I always found him tough to draw, and so uh, yeah, I I absolutely adored this show, and and I still do to very much this day, so. It was it was fun to to uh, rewatch after so long and then also introduce it to you. So, uh, like, I really thought that maybe watching it would unlock something in my brain of it, but it never did. So if I did, I, I blocked it out pretty well, or I'd never watch it. And just never seeing it advertised. Yeah. It was it was definitely one of those shows that was sort of it existed. It had its existence. But it definitely wasn't one that was sort of your mainstream show. You know, it definitely wasn't. It was kind of a little bit of a. I, I kind of call it a hidden gem, even at the time that I was watching it, because, you know, not a lot of people, at least within sort of my peer group, was watching it. It was mostly me. So it, it wasn't one that was, you know, like everybody loved it or everybody was watching it or whatever. So it it. It surprised me when you told me that you had some familiarity with it, because you know that that 
part surprising because I wasn't sure if it was something that you had, you know, any familiarity with or had seen or whatever. So, um, yeah, because it was definitely one that sort of it's it's a hidden gem that's kind of, I don't know, maybe kicked under the carpet a little bit. Like, it's not one that's always, you know, out there a lot. And even, I mean, it's so... <laughs> like I can't even find anything, you know, I would love, absolutely love like a t-shirt with all the characters on it, but to find it, it's non-existent, which kind of makes me sad. <laughs> I'm sure if you, I'm sure if you search the dark research, uh, I'm sure if you search the dark Reese's of the internet, I'm sure you could find it. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I want to dig that far, but, <laughs> um, I'll have to go back and rewatch the Nostalgia Critic. He did a compilation video or like a video looking back at like Fox Kids. And since that's where it aired mm-hmm. and uh, the States is on Fox, I'll see if he talks about it on there. Cause I know he talked about like Eat the Cat and some of those later shows that Fox Kids had before started to slip a little bit in quality. Yeah. So I'll have to start and uh, I'll have to go back and look at that, see if he ta- brings those up at all. Yeah, it'd be interesting if he does, though. Well, he's about my... Uh, he's a couple years older than me, too, so he'd be about in the same age demographic... Yeah, He'd be about in the same age demographic as I am, so... Mm. Well, that's all I have. <laughs> that's kind of... That's kind of all I have as well. Um, it's been... I <laughs> know. <laughs> We definitely talked about, you know, our favorite lines and moments and, I don't know, is there anything else you want to say about it? I'd say it's worth a watch. If you're a kid of the 80s or 90s, I'd say it's definitely worth a watch. You definitely would, after watching at least this one, you'd, you'd, like, recommend it to... Yeah, so if you ever, because you know, a lot of people get nostalgic for being a kid again because they realize that being an adult fucking sucks. <laughs> and <laughs> um, let's say one of those days, just pour yourself a big old bowl of cereal and sit in front of the TV and watch some space goofs or something. Like, uh, I'd recommend it. It's, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I definitely would recommend it. Like, you know, from somebody who's watched it in the regular and, you know, huge part of childhood. Um, yeah, 10,000% give it a watch because it's just, it's such a fun time. And, you know, it, it definitely brings you back to when, you know, TV was good and cartoons were good. And, you know, and, and who doesn't want to, you know, feel nostalgic for childhood? And it, it's definitely one of those ones you got to, you know, sit in front of the TV with your cereal and, and just be a kid again and, and enjoy the episodes. And it, the good thing is most of uh, quite a lot of episodes are all on YouTube, easy to find. So um, it's definitely not one you have to like dig for or anything like that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, and definitely not one you have to watch in order. Um, it can be kind of a scattered viewing. So that's even better too. Um, but yeah, it comes, you know, highly recommended for me and obviously highly recommended from Jared. So, 
So you said it was fun. Yeah. If you're nostalgic for how good cartoons used to be, when they would tote that line, I would say this is a watch. Mm-hmm. And if we if we uh, need any Halloween ideas, there is a Halloween episode that's really fun too. So just throw that out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun one. <laughs> If Billy West is in it, sign me up. <laughs> I don't know if he is, actually. The cast isn't one that I've ever really looked into, although I, I could obviously very easily now uh, look into to that one. But I don't know if he is in that one or, or how many times he actually was or like did a voice in, in the show. There's two voices I picked out right away. It was his and Maurice Lamar. Oh, besides Charlie Adler, I also picked out Maurice Lamarche's voice right away too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have seen. I did see in Wikipedia that Jim Cummings, who probably most known now for Darkwing Duck and Winnie the Pooh, um, was on there. Rob Paulson. You throw a dart at a board in a, of an 80s, 90s cartoon. Rob Paulson's name's attached to it. Um, all kinds of stuff. Like, yeah, so, yeah. Having Billy Wessner just is like icing on the cake too much. Like, uh, if uh, Iggy Pop was the cherry on top, then I would say uh, Billy West being in the vo- being featured in the episode heavily was like the whipped cream on the Sunday. <laughs> I love whipped cream. <laughs> yeah, whipped cream is pretty good. Huh. I just t- took a quick scroll, and apparently uh, Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob, is in one of these episodes, too. Yeah, so I saw his name on there. Oh, man. You can look up some weird Tom Kenny voice roles that he's done, man. <laughs> <laughs> when we when we hit stop record, I'll point you I'll point your way I'll point you to some Tom Kenny voice performances that you'll you'd never believe it's the voice of SpongeBob. Oh God. <laughs> well, I guess we we've uh <laughs> That's how excited gonna... she is to get to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we don't have anything else to talk about about Space Goose, I mean I could talk about it for days, but I don't know if Anybody wants to listen to me yammer on about space goops for days, so. <laughs> Watch, this will end up being our most downloaded episode of all time when I put the space goose tag on it. <laughs> it's going to be our most downloaded episode of all time. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you, might have to start a, you might have to start a space goose podcast with somebody. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> It would just be me, because I don't know anybody who's actually seen the damn thing other than now you. <laughs> <laughs> you can have Iggy Pop on as a guest. I'll I'll, I'll jump on for that one. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, what one podcast is enough. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Melissa, where can the listeners keep up with you if they choose to? Uh, they can keep up with me on Twitter and Instagram at MissMelissaN25. It's all lowercase, nothing fancy. Um, 
I also have a art page on Instagram and it's called scribbles of a wannabe drawer. And on there, I just post all my quirky and fun art I do. And there may or may not be some space goofs art going up on there pretty soon. So if you're interested in that, you can give that page a follow. Uh, where can they find you, Jared? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. That's where you find pictures of my beard and of my cats, because that's what the internet is for, damn it. <laughs> and talking about nerdy shit. <laughs> um, as a podcast as a whole, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nerd Nine Nations Podcast. And feel free to send us an email at nerdnationspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to keep listening to us as a podcast, you can find us in our home at Podbean. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, and <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Oh, my goodness. I've only been seeing this how many times, and I'm brain-locking. But anyway... On any one of those platforms, if you can leave us a rating and review, that would be really awesome. And stay tuned to your podcast feeds for our next episode, because if you don't, I will kick your hiney so hard, you'll have to unzip your pants to brush your teeth. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.